I got this um, scripture, I believe it's for someone here, and it's uh, Romans 8 verses 1, and it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So I believe that, you know, if, you know, we all fall, fall short of the standards of God's Word, and if you're in that position now, and you have a heart that is repentive, and, um, you know, then the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you. And it's just your response to the Word of God that will take off that spirit of condemnation off of you. And uh, none of us have any... Um, we can't come except by the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice on that cross, and the mercy of God. So just refresh yourself by applying faith to that scripture that you might truly enjoy the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen? Awesome. So Father, I just thank you for this gathering here tonight of these souls, O oh Lord precious people that you died on the cross for us all and lord we are here tonight to meet with you to commune with you and we thank you O oh lord we pray that you uh empower our hearts and our minds and open us up to the truth of your word and i pray tonight that we would be encouraged emboldened oh, oh lord god almighty to accomplish everything that you have purposed in us and we thank you that we're here tonight in your presence in the name of jesus christ we pray amen yeah, man. Well, you know what I thought when I saw you guys all scattered all over the place? I go, how, how could I get them to, to shift and move? How, how could I get them all to just come here? Uh, and this thought, maybe it's the Holy Spirit that gave me this idea. He said, if, we, if you could station them exactly where they are for about 24, hours to 30, 24 to 36 hours, and let everybody not be able to move, and no food would be available, neither water, and then after that, 36 hours completed, then you bring the food and put it right here. And then we would see motivation. Then we would, then, then now we would see all of the pride through the door. We wouldn't care at that time. And then the Lord huh, said to me, it's, at the, it's when we are desperate from a spiritual sense like this, it's at that time that we'll receive more from him. Because we wouldn't have, because death is knocking at the door at starvation, we wouldn't care what A, B, C, D, and E think at that time, nor the pastors, which um, seat you take at that time. And, and truly, at that moment, oh, we realize that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, really, thereof. But somehow, in our thought process and our mindset that we come here with, we position ourselves based on where we feel comfortable. When are we going to get comfortable if we are convinced that this here, truly, is the house of God, and that we belong there because Jesus Christ paid that we might come here and receive from him and stop being apologetic? And camping out here and camping out there. Because you camp out physically like that and it depicts where you are spiritually also. It's a communication to God. Oh! And he doesn't, he, he doesn't like the, the, the lukewarmness. He's looking for a bold, conquerous man and woman that will come and take their place in the sanctuary and eat of his word. Hello? And be empowered and go out and do oh! my Father in heaven. Obviously, guys, I did not. I did not exactly, hey, listen, when I went up to church, this is the way I went. After a while, I said, you know what? God convinced me that the pastor don't own the church. Hello? God convinced me that the pastor don't own the church and the highest tithers in the church don't own the church. Right? So he said, when you go, based on your desire and hunger, for me, that is on the inside, barge away in and take. Take everything. And take the anointing too. 
And I will, not, I will not hold back the anointing. So long as you don't come prideful and don't come in arrogance. It's a hunger that is inside of you that God has placed there. That is causing you to come before his presence. And I say, Lord, when I come up here, nourish me, O Lord, with your word. Nourish me. Empower me, O Lord. Ha! We are, every, guys, would everyone here say, agree with me now, that God shift you from where you were one year ago, six months ago, even three months ago, or a month ago, from where you were to another spot, another space. Growth, transformation, and all of those type of things as you sat before his presence. He's the great teacher, the spirit of God. And sometimes it can be a, a while while he's teaching you. You have to go through many days, months, and sometimes years of preparation. But you know the faithfulness of God. That even as you drag your, yourself up to church some days. Ha! Not too excited. But you're going anyway. You forgot that there's a process to this whole thing. And that God is actually doing something. Let me wake you up guys. Even now. Don't fall asleep on God. Do not fall asleep on Jesus Christ. I beg you all. Don't fall asleep on God. You know, I, God gave me the gift of faith. And going up to church, I hope you know that four years ago, five years ago, when I was in the other training environments, I had to go to work and spend eight, nine hours. And then we came home and dealt with the kids. And then somehow, huh, I have to have enough fire in my belly to go up at the church and go up there hungry. Knowing that God is going to pour out something. In winter, in summer, and it doesn't matter. Because God had already spoken and said that he was going to do something with our lives. So make your days of preparation exciting by being expectant, coming in faith. Hello? Oh, I didn't have a message for tonight, guys. And I was before God. And I, I was, basically I was saying, Lord, I don't, what do I speak? What do I speak? I feel you're doing something on my inside, you know? Like he always does. So I know something is there. But how is it going to be expressed? That I don't know. You know, God is actually teaching me to trust him even more. That I can just walk off of the street, walk, walk off of the street unprepared, and go into the church, huh, and don't touch the Bible since morning. But I'm communing with God 24-7. And go and deliver what God wants you to do. Speak what he, what he places inside of you and release what it, and the blessings will come on people. Is it a way of life? No. You might, you might switch it in the next season and say, read my Bible four hours per day. And if he does, I'm going to do that. But these days, with, the, with how busy we are, and God had told us that we were going to be busy, I couldn't tell when last I get to spend a hour and a half straight in the Bible or studying like that. But I do get the moments to pray. But I don't come unless God gives me something to speak. Amen? So today, we just want to... This is a prayer meeting. We're still in the prophetic, guys. Some people think you're in, when you're in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, that's when you're in the prophetic. And, the, and this, what we're speaking about, these, are, these issues that we're talking about Wednesday to Wednesday, ha, they have to do with hearing the voice of God. 
when you're talking about holiness and consecration, that there is, prof is prophecy. That there is dealing with hearing the voice of God. Today we want to talk a little bit about ministry. Just a little bit about ministry. And we have ministry on different levels. And I just want to, you know, when you come to Jesus Christ and you give your life to him and you're all excited to go and convert all of your family and all of your friends at work, at school, or wherever you're stationed in life, or on the streets, you know, and then you, you run out and you begin to preach and speak and speak of the miracles that God has um, done for you. And in that station, you know, very little experience is there. Obviously, you're not in deliverance ministry. Many times we're not even worried about that, but we're just sharing from excitement and from the encounter that we have. And there's not, not a lot of structure and order to that. Although even if you're connected to a church later on, they will give you guidelines on how to do this, that we might do it the proper way. So we have, the, you know, that, if that is for every believer, everyone that comes to Jesus Christ and receive him as their Lord and Savior. It's their, uh, we have been called to share Christ and even pray for people and they get healed. And then we have more organized ministry, like in a church setting, right? And it's, you could be a, a, a person that has been on the street and you're praying for people. You could have prayed and people have got healed. You could have been moving in words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and all other type of stuff, and be far ahead in your ministry, right? But then God can take you and bring you into the pews, and this is a totally different environment now. How you operate here, you and I operate here, is a totally different thing. Now we are talking about being under submission to some type of a body. And here we are, Lord, what is this? I'm used to operating on my own. And that's how it's exactly how it, start, it started for me. I was very excited, myself and my wife, we didn't need any pastor to tell us to go evangelize, pray for the people, and win the loss. We just organically went and did that. But when, we, when the Lord told us that we were going to be called to be pastors and so forth, and then he began to shift us into different um, ministries to learn, you know, thank God we were very humble, so we just sat. So we really never got ourselves in problems because we were not, we're, I guess we were not heated to speak or to minister in a church environment. So it was easy for us to sit there and just receive what they were um, speaking and learn. And when we actually got initiated to do anything, we were invited to do it. We never, we had no, um, even though we had desire, but we didn't move on our own. So each time people would actually see the grace of God on our lives, and then they would pluck us out and then have us begin to serve in different capacities. And that's how we, they empowered us. And the first thing they did for me was they called me up one day, and I've shared this before, and they said, God, has placed it on our hearts that you are supposed to be mantled for a, um, with a, an anointing for prayer. And uh, they called me up and they prayed for me. I did notice that since that day, my prayer life changed. I had more energy, more stamina, huh, and more desire to pray. And that's kind of like how it started. And then secondly, after about a year or so, this was a church that had a, um, a bunch of uh, home groups and that's what they did. They actually called us and said, we feel like God is saying to prepare you guys and give you an opportunity to begin to teach the word and handle the word. So we, we're, we're asking if you guys are willing to um, have a home group within your home and then we're going to send 
certain amount of members from the church and then we'll give you the lessons and so forth and this is the order that you keep on Friday evenings and that's how we start ministering the word but then we were under submission to that authority they were younger than us but their the whole family was a family of pastors and so forth and they had the the background they have the the knowledge and so forth and we could learn from them so that's how I started handling the word and then they would shift me to different home groups and so forth like that that's how I got we started doing this right and you know we really learn a few things in the church space and church environment because they had a prophetic ministry and they were big on prophecy the main thing that they taught there was when it, hearing the voice of God and then the protocols surrounding hearing the voice of God so one of the things we learn and that's why we're so orderly we believe in order right and um, not not just in the prophetic area but even even here and I find this is a lot of times where we disagree like with others there's a disagreement because sometimes we don't have the same teaching background or the same experience and God has moved the thing is that one is in the street ministry one is in church and God is actually moving through both so you, when a person comes from the outside and they're saying but I have been praying for people and they're and they're being saved I've been praying for people and they're being healed all of what you're saying I've been doing and probably even more than you see that and maybe we have more experience and been doing it a longer time and then now when the Lord brings you for example even if it doesn't matter who comes here now Benny him comes here now you know he has to sit right that's a, that, that, that is the rule. If I went to his, a church that would add five members in there, I, had to, I have to sit down. We went to Third Heaven Ministries the other day, and I was kind of like, finally I get to go and sit and listen to someone else speak. Right? And then they met me at the door and they pulled me to the front. You see, you guys seeing them pulling me to the front? That was on them. And then they gave me a mic. So I had no, um, they, they invited me to speak, right? So I could go up and then have that exchange. But the fact that we're pastor in Heaven's Lighthouse Ministries, that means nothing to them. So when I go in that environment, the leaders there that God has designated, I am under their authority right in that little space. And they only will take the mic if they give me or speak anything if they ask me. That's kind of like how it works. So that's kind of church order and protocols um, that it's different in this space and this environment. And it really doesn't matter Bible knowledge and all of those type of things. The, the kingdom is, this kingdom is set up by in a structure of authority. And authority is desig designated by who? By Jesus Christ, because it's his church. Right? So that's kind of like how it is. Now, we do understand though that every, every person in here has a ministry now, right? Every person uh, that is sitting in the pews, they, ha ha they have a ministry. And many times the Lord has already spoken to them about the ministry that they have also. That means they have an understanding. The, the prophecy has been spoken over their lives concerning what God wants them to do in his kingdom. And God could be uh, bringing them to this, an environment like this to, um, to expand, to prepare them for that. Or maybe even to play a role in this congregation here. And let's say, for example, excuse me, someone has that um, understanding that God has called them to be a, a pastor. And they're sitting there. And they would communicate to me that God has told me that I'm, I'm going to be a pastor, right? And that person might be communicating that to me. But I also have to hear this from God. 
right? So he has to, I have to get this revelation from the Lord separately that the two of us might have an agreement. It, I can't just take it from a person just like I couldn't go somewhere else and promote myself to be a pastor. It is the Lord that does this, right? So we know that each and every individual here has a ministry, has a role to play in the kingdom, in God's work, uh, work that he's doing. And, um, you know, when it comes on to prophecy, there is also preparation that is involved. Doesn't matter what the calling is. That's another thing. If you have been, if it has been spoken over your life that God is going to use you as an evangelist, there's a level, there's a level of preparation that is actually there. Or a, especially when it comes on to being a prophet. Because immediately people hear these words spoken over them these days, especially in the heightened spaces that prophetic words are being spoken these days, very um, built up atmosphere and so forth like that, people are ready to go the next day. And many times I find that the prophets are not. It seems to me like they don't have any wisdom in terms of um, explaining to people that there is preparation also involved. Right? Now let's say for example, you, you, you have a child and you see that child has an ability to, um, to draw or an ability to even play the keyboard, then usually what do we do? We begin to have them get tutored, get teaching to develop this ability and see how far they can go, regardless of what it is, academics or whatever it is. They might say that they want to become a doctor and you might even see them having certain tendencies already in that area that is communicating that they have a strength in this area but still you don't take them to the operating table open someone up and leave them there they still have to go through medical school right and that's what we really want to uh, focus on you know is and, and pastor Kim actually spoke about this um, a couple Sundays ago but one other thing I always say that character has memory character has memory and in the pews we tend to forget the things that we have been taught and just operate out of you know kind of like ignorance just want to flow and do and say and forget the instructions that we have been given which are from the word of god and that's not that you know we should never do that and you know when we go to heaven we're not going to be able to do, I mean, I don't know how it is when Jesus returns and we're all in perfection. I guess we're not going to have any um, desire to do anything contrary to his will. But everyone that have a visitation there, no, they, they always come back that this is an environment that is, you, there's just not, not involuntary movement. There's just no ideas that someone thinks in their mind and then carry it out like that and it's the way that it has to be so as we build this this ministry here this is one of the things that we are gonna have to do we have to build the, lay the foundation and then maintain the foundation that way there might be order in everything everything that we do let's just look at a, a couple of scriptures here let's go to first uh, Corinthians 12 and verses 14 and we're gonna pray tonight after this we're going to pray and ask God for understanding in, in this area 
1 Corinthians 12 and verses 14. And it says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ears should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would, where would be the hearing? If the wool, if the wool were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, as just as he pleased, just as he pleased. And if there were all one member, where would the body be? So if that's the case, then we're finding out that we all play different roles and different um, parts in the body of Christ. And what do we want to do? We want to go to the Lord ask him for clarity in regards to what it is that we should do ask him for absolute clarity in regards to what is our role and the role they change over time because there was a time when I was just an usher and that's all I did usher open the doors help to collect the offerings and do all of those type of things around the church and and then the Lord shift me and move me to um, to doing different different things and that's how you're going to mature to the station, the ultimate station that God has called you to be. Verses 20. But no, indeed, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. You know, the flashy thing with... Um, preaching on and so forth like that always seems to be here right the person who has the mic and it's as if we think that the person who has the mic has more value than the person that um who stands at the door out there and this is biblically this doesn't support scripture god does not give a value to this one he give wherever he stations you whatever he asks you to do that is the important thing that needs to be done and every role that every individual play in the body of Christ, as long as they're assigned there by the Holy Spirit, it is so much a necessary role. And we must embrace every role that the Lord is asking us to play. And obviously, there is promotion. Truths are parallel. Truths are parallel. When you go into companies, they're looking for the employees that are really paying attention, the ones that are learning and growing, and they're the ones that get promoted. The ones that are consistent. Amen? And it's the same thing here. It's the same thing here. Why are we going over this over and over? Because we are going to need leaders. We are going to... The Lord is going in this environment, in this space. Oh, you guys are going to be so surprised. Oh, quickly. God is going to tag you if you pay attention No. And use you to lead different groups. We are going to need, when, when the flock begin to come in here. If, re, if, if a revival broke out, who is going to do it? Is it myself and Pastor Kim? We're going we're gonna to mentor every age bracket. Teach every service. Is that possible? That's not even possible. Right? And we would not be interested in that. 
What I would really like, I know where the where success is in ministry is allowing others the opportunity based on the ministry that God has placed inside of them. And that's what we want here for everyone. The only thing we're asking, we're saying is let's do it and let's do it orderly. It, this is central in a church environment. Listen, we have to get, another thing, we have to get our eyes off of ourselves and begin to look at others. This is the primary reason why we're here again. Even before God called us into ministry. You know what, we, we were doing several different businesses. Why? Because, you know, I don't, I, I don't think there was a, a point in our marriage where we were obsessed with ourselves. The idea was always to empower other people to have success. That, that is the only thing that we wanted to do. Empower others to have success in whatever they do. It's too boring and it's too selfish for me to focus on me and my own needs and desires. We, just, we had so much inside of us to give that we always had to be involved in something that would empower others. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. I believe that was the grace of God on our lives from the beginning. When God called us into ministry, I, I thought it was just very natural because we had a heart to serve, we had a heart to give. There was a, we, we don't have a lot of selfishness on the inside. And we can do this. Another, you know, I looked up the word, by the way, I looked up the meaning of the word, ministry, today. And ministry means to serve, to serve. When, when you're in a, an environment where they're prophesying and they, say, and they see you speaking on the stage in front of a large crowd, what they're basically saying is that God is actually calling you to serve, to serve in his kingdom and to serve the people that he placed before you. And it's more than just speaking to them. It's going down in the gutters with them. It's being in their homes. They are being in your home, helping them through the struggles and all of those type of things. This is ministry. We want to paint a different picture about ministry also. Amen? Uh, Matthew 22, verses 14, it says, Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why is it that many are called and only few chosen? Preparation again. Preparation again. It doesn't matter what prophecy has been spoken over you. It doesn't matter what God, you know, and I, here in this environment, there's only one thing I'm looking for. Not prophecy. Character. Character. The character of Jesus Christ forming in individuals. I know those are the people that God used. The ones that are being led by the Holy Ghost. And we have militantly taught and all of this militantly and that's why I say sometimes go back and reflect back on some of the um, the lessons that we have taught on because it's going to be essential when the time comes guys this is a Wednesday afternoon right and usually people are at church on Fridays or Sundays or sometimes Friday evenings right this is Wednesday did you just come for coming sake? Or you have a bigger reason? You, you really have to ask yourself these questions. 
Is it because you want to be used in, in God's kingdom? Is, you want, is it because you want Christ to use you in the work that he's doing on the earth now? Is it because you're looking forward to your eternal rewards? Do you have this crystallized in your mind or you just come? Are you working towards that kingdom that Jesus Christ spoke about when he said, set your affections on heavenly things? Do you know you're going to be rewarded based on how you carry out this? Once I found that out, I started investing everything in this kingdom. I ran away from everything in the outside world to do this. Value is here. When you come here on Wednesday, don't come with all glossy-eyed, you know, with your eyes up in the head. Huh! Out of the work world. Not even conscious. Come, uh, come with an expectation. Come in with an intention to glean something. Huh! Like if you go to a, a Christmas dinner. Do you go there and walk around and look at all of the delicious dishes and, and drinks? Or you finally go, man, I'm going to go get some of that stuff. Do you, do, guys, it's the same thing with, with spiritual things, you know. You can't you can sit around. And let me tell you, you know the worst thing about this? You, you can be in an environment and a space like this for 10, 20 years. And guess what God will do? Nothing. Nothing. Except God is, God is in the, in, uh, Jesus is up there shaking his head. He's shaking his head. He's going, he's in shock. Absolute shock. That we could come before him. With this type of attitude. And don't receive. And then we, and then the same mouth that are sitting without receiving from him. Are saying that he's king of kings and lord of lords. You have to separate, like we said, you have to separate yourself from the masses. And I knew that when I went to um, those churches. I'm like, man, I'm looking left, right, and center. I'm going to pass him, 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 him. I'm going to pass him. I think we're the only ones in ministry now. I hope that don't happen to anybody here. We were like, me and Kim were like, excuse me, guys, I know you purchased a seat, but we can do this. By the grace of God, we can bust out. And we can, do, and we can build big church. This is the confidence that we had. And that's it. this is how you take your ministry, guys. You, God will watch you. And you will, he will watch you burn out. And, he, and let me tell you another thing. God will watch you die in his pews. And they come and put your body in a hearse. And your ministry is inside of you still. He will watch you. I'm telling you, I know him. And I'm like, that ain't happening to me. Because I read that book. You have to take it. There comes a time when you must assert yourself. You, you have to, ha, by force, if you want to carry out your ministry with God. I'm telling you. You have to be bold. You will feel that inside your spirit. And then you have to step on that water like Peter did. Any man that don't do that with God, I don't care what. And you know the thing with this? You will carry out all different type of prophetic thing with God all day long. You will hear his voice and nothing happen for your ministry. Yeah. You have to be like Elijah. When he was chasing Elijah and he wanted to ditch him. After the man served him for so long, pouring water in his hand. And he's trying to ditch him. It's a Jamaican word if you don't understand. <laughs> he's trying to get him, ditch him without the anointing. But that man was paying attention. 
Your master is going to be, do you know that your master is going to be taken today? Shut up, like I always say. Hold your peace. I know. You think I've been walking around with him long time, all of this time and didn't learn anything? I'm aware. And he couldn't let him go. And when that mantle, he said he had seen enough miracles. He has been around that environment too long. Ha! And there was a hunger in him from the very beginning. Do you see the hard work that that man was doing? Huh? Do you see when, when Elijah walked by him, what was he doing? Tending to the flock, he was plowing the land. I know this was his time for promotion. The man was used to the rigors. The daily rigors of making a living. His thought was, if I can do this 24, 12 hours per day in the sun, in the heat, worrying about these animals and the soil, I can follow that man and take the mantle. God had prepared him. And even though he paid the price, Elijah still was about to ditch the man. Without them, as if... You know what he was saying? Do, let me see how much you want it. Let me see if you had grown spiritually that you might perceive that this is the day I'm leaving. And if you have not done that in all of this time with me, you're not deserving of it. That's what he communicated to him. The man, Elisha had to say, I, I desire it, I want it, and I'm following you anywhere you go. That's, you see that? And they, like we said in one of the um, sermons, the, the, the men that were in the school of the prophets, they were sitting like spectators. And they perceived that Elijah was going to be taken. And none of them had any desire. What, what, if a man like Elijah is on the planet, huh, what are you doing in some school of the prophets? Wouldn't you go and see that man or something? Seek him out. And look how Elijah got that in the mantle. He knew what he had. When he said, let me see if it works. He didn't even know God for himself. Where is the God of Elijah? And he hit the water and the water parted. Where is the God of Elijah? That's what he said. He didn't have a personal revelation of God for himself. Amen? So in, the, in an environment like this, guys, you have to stir up yourself. Stir up yourselves. There are many offices for the taking. Many roles in the kingdom for the taking. Which one of us is going to qualify ourselves for it? That is the question that God is asking. Who is going to qualify themselves for, for those roles? And Ephesians 4 and verses 11. And then we'll pray. Huh. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ so you see those are offices that Christ himself so in a in a church like this if God said that you're gonna be an intercessor a pastor whatever it is and God has spoken that over you and then he, bring, he brings you here that you might initiate that office or that role right here then two things have to happen. One, that revelation has to come to me, meaning I can't get it from you. You might share it with me, and that's fine. I'm not saying it's bad. But I still have to hear from God in regards to that. One, 
And then secondly, if you're going to be operating, for example, in this church here, then God has to empower you accordingly. And usually when that happens, that means you have to have an ability that comes from God. Me, usually we lay hands on you and the mantle for that comes on you. And then you begin to function in that station. And then it won't be just prophecy. You will have an anointing on you. You will carry the power of God to operate in that station. And when you pray for people, speak to people, whatever it is that God has called you to do, God will now do miracles. But you have to connect. We don't, we don't do, you know, he said, I will build my church. And you have to be connected to the body of Christ. You have to be accountable to the body of Christ. Which means that you have to surrender even your calling. There were people that spoke words over us. And as they spoke words over us, our lives changed. And if we never met these people, our life would, we probably would still have the ministry inside of us. And this is the same thing with Jesus Christ. From the very time he... And we read that story with Zachariah. Oh, Zachariah spoke over Jesus Christ. It was necessary that Anna and Zachariah spoke over Jesus when he was born. And secondly, it was necessary that John the Baptist, God had, the Spirit of God had already instructed God, John the Baptist that the one on whom you see this, the Spirit come down on, he is the one. And then when he looked up and he saw Jesus, and, and then he, he spoke to him and he came, came to him, and John the Baptist said, he's not, he, sh he shouldn't be doing this, for he's the Christ. And, and, and what did um, Jesus say to him? He said, suffer it to be so, no, because, because it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John the Baptist baptized him. So you see, this is how it works. It's not like you're a rogue that just get commissioned. You, you have to be anointed, ordained. And you have to be uh, in sync with the body of Christ. And usually God have people over you that instruct you help tutor you and guide you or else we take the ministry and do whatever we want to do with it accountability there are people in our lives that we are accountable to and we want to find more in the pews that we will want to be accountable have certain conversations in regards to even this ministry we're asking God where are those people individuals we're the ones that will stand on the board that when we're gonna make ministerial decisions we can actually meet with them and they have the spirit of god inside of them we can share what the lord is saying and we can make decisions based on that there there is transparency involved you can't just be an offshoot start a ministry like that that's why you see many people die before their time so i'm not i would not be here doing this unless i was absolutely certain that god has placed me here Amen? So tonight, in your prayer, ask God for clarity. Don't, it will, you will run out of stamina if you just go. Man without vision shall perish. If you don't know your assignment, no, what God is asking you to do, and you don't have clarity on it, and then you just come to church, and come to church, pretty soon what happens? You become one of the ones that fall asleep in the pews. And we don't want that. We want people to have clarity and what is it that God is asking them to do. That does not mean that God is going to maybe say what you need to do is sit and learn. Well, good. Well, in that case, then you sit and learn. 
Whatever it is that he instructs you. In this season, sometimes the Lord can have you. I know one lady, the Lord told her to sit in church for two years. And she was teaching me at a previous church. But there was something going on inside of her that the Lord wanted to deal with. And he told her, and two years. And she was high in ministry. So yeah, there will be times when the Holy Spirit will ask you to do very uncommon things. But you know, guys, desire. Desire. Don't get weary in well-doing, like the scripture says. You have to be fervent. And that's how you hear the voice of God. So pray for clarity. Pray for revelation in regards to what God wants you to do, even now. <clears throat> Next week, we're hopeful to do something. You know, and then, uh, then we can get into prayer. Next week, by God's grace, we're going to talk about vision, and um, we're coming up with a plan of how we're going to grow the church. Because the Bible, the Bible says that faith without work is dead, being alone. So you can have all, and, and obviously, I mean, the Lord spoke to us in regards to a list of things that we prayed about a few weeks ago. And he said yes to everyone. And some of you guys were there. And one of them was, what we asked for was increase souls. Now, if the Lord says yes to that, and then we don't go out and do our part, then where are they, they going to come in? So we're going we're gonna, to, this is what we're going to do, guys. All truths are parallel. All truths are parallel. We are very practical. We're coming up with a plan on how we are going to blow this, this church door open, leave this building, and convince God to give us a couple million dollars to buy a big building. Not because we need it, but because, because the numbers are going to come. We're coming up with that type of plan. Huh! And I know I got it from the Spirit of God. Truths are parallel. We are coming up with a mathematical plan. Huh! We are bringing it before God. Of how many people we are going to evangelize. And each individual here that wants to be a part of that plan will know what their role is. Of how many people they are called to go out and reach with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ every week. We are doing it mathematically, just like God did in Marisorello's ministry. If you, I recommend you guys um, read that book, Son, Build Me an Army, and you will see that plan that God gave to Marisorello, a definitive, specific plan on how to do this and bring one million souls into the kingdom and then a billion souls into the kingdom. Many times we don't do this in, um, in church circles. We just come from week to week and hope that the church grow. And if we feel motivated, we talk to an individual. It's not godly. The, the people at Toyota and Honda could do a better job when, teaching, when, when they're planning to um, sell their cars. We don't have no plan. We need to have a plan and a system in place. And then we need to stick to that and do it diligently, daily, daily. And God will bring the increase from that. That's what God, um, this is how the Lord taught me. Don't sit and, and expect things to just happen. Stir up yourself. Are your ministry? It will die. It will die. And if there's no growth, I mean, thank God, we're still a, um, a, a young church. Huh! But, and if God so desires that we sit with um, 800 people, for example, for five years, it wouldn't bother me. Okay? But in our case, I guarantee you, that is not what God spoke to us. So we ain't camping out like that. We're going to get on the street huh! with everything. And I thank God for the souls that are coming. You see the people that are coming here and receiving Jesus Christ? 
literally every service now someone is receiving Jesus and I'm telling you this this year is what excites me that's why we this is the aspect of ministry that really excites me when I see people give their life to Jesus one girl came here on Sunday she was here a couple times before but she's from a Catholic background and then you guys I know BB Anita you guys gave your your testimony it spoke to her so much because you guys were talking about relationship with God spoke to her heart and she came up at the end and we're gonna go get her baptized also amen so we're already seeing the fruits of our labor we're already seeing what God is actually doing and we need to be consistent amen so you know pray and ask God for that ability to be consistent also consistent with your walk with him because Sunday comes and then by Wednesday we're demotivated ask God for spiritual strength we have to do he has the ability to do that you know? It's God we're talking about. Steer up yourself, guys. Don't let the summer go like that. I'm not letting this, this summer here, and then I'm done. Last point, and I'm done, guys. I plan on this summer. It's not going down like that. The good weather? No. It's not going down. It's not the good weather here. These next four months are not going to just leave me high and dry. I'm going to work for the next four months. Like I've never, listen, like I've never worked before. Huh! God is giving us grace, guys, even in our physical bodies. We can't get tired. Forget about tired. Yeah, we sleep enough, but there's too much work to be done. I'm believing God for the ability, the empowerment to touch every part of my being. Huh! Uncommon faith is, is dispensing. No, uncommon faith. Jesus Christ. He's throwing out in his body. He's up in the, you know what he's up there doing? Throwing stuff down like this. Ha! Good, good things. That's all Jesus does, you know. Boop, boop. I am a recipient of those. Let me tell you, I feel it 24 sevens hitting me. Bah. Everybody that I speak to, I get an impartation for them. Everyone, period. None. I have people calling me from all walks of life. We are from co different countries. Other people are, um, recommending us and we're on the phone people with cancer and all different type of sickness in their bodies calling us and we have i'm not asking you we have we don't know everything but we have what to give them we know what to say when they call and to give them instruction based on the word of god and the leading of the whole spirit and they get miracles period yet of all the ones that we have spoken to, not even one. If they don't have faith and they don't want to go to that thing, that's their deal. Amen? <clears throat> so pray, guys, and ask God for understanding concerning your calling, your role, and what he wants you to do now. Huh! Ask God for the strength to be consistent. It's a grace. It's something that comes from him. This stock market thing is not godly. It's ungodly. It's a spirit. Some of you need deliverance from it. Ha! Monday you're up, Tuesday you're down, Wednesday you're up, Thursday you're down. You need deliverance. It's a big demon. Ha! He ride you up and then, and then down in the valley. Up and down in the valley like this. It's only horseback riding should be like that. Not your spirit life. Get rid of him. 
Why are you walking around with depression? I can see it sometimes on some of you guys. You're tired. You're excited about life. Oh! You don't know Christ. You don't know, you don't, you can't know him and get up out of your bed. Huh! With that type of mentality. No. Something's wrong. It's, not, it's ungodly. How can you be in the kingdom of God and, and be depressed? I'm going to start kicking chairs now, but, and then you're going to beat me. How can you be in the kingdom of God? Huh! Melancholy. Huh! Oh! Just because you have to go to work and spend eight hours there. Let me tell you something. I was excited at work. I was excited at work. Huh! Once, I, once the revelation of Jesus Christ came to me, I was uh, fired up to be at work. Every minute that I spent at work was excitement. In my own world, because I'm in the spirit. Huh! La! Shake yourself tonight. Huh! Dance before God. I would take my lunch breaks. Oh, my father, I have church on the road. I convince God, my God, through excitement. Huh! Do it. Huh! Find a way to stir up yourself. Don't let your days go off like this, guys. Don't let it happen. Convince God to do operation in you. If you go to the doctor and you have cancer in your body huh, or any disease, you convince them to lay you on a table, take out a knife, huh, and open you up to fix that thing. And you are before the one huh, that does the best operations. Are you walking around like that? Oh Lord God Almighty. You see, we don't have faith in Him. You know? That there's a lack of faith. It's a lack of faith. Huh. It's what caused the children of Israel to die in that desert. Huh. A lack of faith. What is it that God would not do for them? What? And they gossip and became negative. We're doing the same thing. And entertaining that devil. Huh. Bam. Huh. Bam. That's how you shoot the devil. Pull and pop. And the devil kill him daily rule your this piece of real estate here call your mind rule it huh. oh lord god almighty get excited one and for all and stay excited huh. stay excited revival guys revival it's happening down here huh. are you gonna be sleeping when the revival starts You have to be awake to compel it to come. We are on the brink. God is building strength and stamina in us, guys. It's part of the deal. Oh, my father. Right here in Canada. No more YouTube revivals. Ha! Everybody's watching revival on YouTube. Some worship team that is on fire. I hope you know, I ain't watching them anymore. Revival in me. Ha! Revival in me. The fire ha! of Christ. It burns here. Ha! It burns here. Ha! My God and my King. Let it burn inside of you. Ha! It's contagious. Mundo corondo. Halaha. When we say revival or death, some people don't know what we mean. Either. They're saying, God will kill you. Well, kill me, God. 
I just didn't ask to go to hell. But I don't care about dying. Either he's going to do the revival or he's killing me. And I'm willing to die for those who think that it's a boast. I am ready to die because I'm not living that dry. Huh! Because living down here without revival, I would be dead anyway. It's not the best of God. What am I doing here? You can see where I hit your burgers. I know what I'm saying. I have the revelation and understanding before the words come out of my mouth. Revival or death, I don't want to live. I already had, had every good thing, physically speaking. It's empty. It's dry. I can't live anymore without it. I want the best that God has to offer. The revival is not dependent on me. It's all of us, guys. It's a teamwork. Catch the fire. Ha! And run in the spirit. Run in the spirit. Run in the spirit. Ha! If your body is weak, guys, if your body is not cooperating with this, you have to, have, you have to converse with, with God about that. If the body is excessively being beaten by, by Satan, the real estate of your mind, you're not taking control of that. And, that. and that's another thing that God will do. If you don't assert yourself here, he will watch you die. God will watch you die. I like to preach to real Jesus Christ. I've seen too many people die. Huh! Christians before their time. To come here and preach nice messages that they preach. Gather a hold of your thoughts and stop blaming the devil. And be a man. Even if you're a woman, be a man. Assert yourself. And stop saying that the devil is doing this. The devil ain't doing nothing. The devil is dead. Jesus pulled on him on the cross. Huh! And he fell on his back. And we are entertaining that dead devil in our lives. Warfare. War. 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 And never stop warring for your destiny in Christ. Don't go home broke. Like we always say. Do not go home broke. And walk by Jesus like this. Sheepish like that. Oh yes Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Amen?